I'm Ben Davies, and this is The Clear Money Mindset. And ultimately, it leads to educating the clients about the topic of discussion, just to give them a, give them a better understanding of what's eligible, what's reasonable, yep. and maybe what they might not want to claim. Just because they've done it in the past, it might not, might not be eligible. Welcome to The Clear Money Mindset, providing you with help and tips to manage your money in a clear and intentional way. I'm your host and financial advisor, Ben Davies. At Davies Financial Sterling Mutuals, we want to provide you with meaningful tips to help you with your money. Well, it's 2022 and tax time is just around the corner. We want to give listeners a heads up on any changes and give them some tips as they prepare to do their tax returns So we've invited Josie Hope back onto the podcast. Josie is a chartered professional accountant who actually has over 10 years of experience working at the CRA. Josie, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Ben. I'm happy to be back. So we are going to be talking tax time. We want to give our listeners some tips on how they can be ready, things that have changed, what they can be aware of. So the first thing um, we wanted to talk about today was are there any major changes, any taxes or benefits uh, that we should be aware of going into 2022? Yes, there are three tax credits to be aware of for the 2021 tax year. First is the staycation credit. This refundable credit is available for Ontario residents, even if you don't owe any tax. If you have plans to get away within the province in 2022, The Ontario government has proposed this temporary credit to boost local tourism. It will provide a credit of 20% to a maximum of $1,000 for an an individual or $2,000 for a family. So that's a credit of $200 for an individual or $400 per family. The next is the Ontario Seniors Home Safety Tax Credit. This is for seniors, anyone who's 65 by the end of 2021, or for people who are living with senior relatives. Examples of some expenses are things that improve accessibility and safety for seniors to be more functional at home. Things like bathroom grab bars, wheelchair ramps, stair lifts, and renovations that might enable a senior to live on the first floor of their home. This credit can be filed on the 2021 tax return, and it is 25% of the cost of renovations up to the maximum of 1000 So that means a maximum credit of 2500 Nice. So that would apply to like, say, a family wants to have their mom move in with them and they need to make a few changes to the main floor of their home. So then they would be able to use that credit as well for her. Right. Yeah. So it's for the seniors who are 75 or older or for people who are living with those senior relatives. Nice. And additionally, if you qualify for this, you will also qualify for the Home Accessibility Federal Tax Credit. This one's been around since 2016. And the general rule for this credit is that expenses must become a permanent part of the of the dwelling. Okay. So we're essentially trying to encourage uh, people or helping them stay at home as yeah. opposed to moving out of their home, which can be hard or going to a facility of some mm-hmm. sort. That's great. And then the third credit is the Canada Training Credit. This one will continue for individuals over 25 and up to 65 years old. Individuals will accumulate $250 in their Canada Training Credit 
for the year to a maximum of 5,000. The criteria is that individuals will file an income tax return for the year, are residents of Canada, and have a minimum working income of approximately 10,000 up to a max of 150,000. Any tuition credits, um, the fees must be paid to an eligible educational institution, and this credit will reduce your tax owing. Nice. So in addition to these three tax credits, I want to highlight also one of the changes to the CPP maximum. In As of January 1st, 2022, there's going to be an increase to the CPP max going up from 616 in 2021 to now 64,900 in 2022. Okay. So that's the maximum income you make where they take CPP off of it. Anything after that, you're not paying CPP premium or premiums may not be the right way of putting it, but contributions. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And so the contribution rates for employers are going to be rising as well. Those were um, 5.45 previously, and now they will be 5.7%. So good for retirement savings, small businesses going to pay a little more on payroll. Okay. Any other changes or benefits to be aware of going into the year? Um, those are the top ones for this for the okay, 2020 year, 2022 tax year. Yes. So we want to go through a few more basic things, things that are kind of in every general year when we do our taxes. And um, just want to give people a reminder of, again, some basic information. So first question, when should we have our information ready and hand it in to our tax preparer? And what is the deadline for filing our taxes? So we recommend having your information to a tax preparer prior to the RRSP deadlines. Because RRSPs are a common way to reduce taxes owing, getting your info to your preparer early ensures that you have that time for tax planning. And you don't give your financial advisor a heart attack on (laughs) February 29th at 11 p.m. to try to get some money into the RSP as quick as possible. How many calls to those do you get? (laughs) Uh, Less and less now. We've been, we are really big advocates of working with a accountant to find out how much you're going to need on a regular basis and then putting that in monthly and then maybe a small top up, but you don't have to like look under the couch and look in the cushions to find where you're going to get the money to love to hear that <laughs> put it into the RSP. Okay, so get your information into the accountant before the RSP deadline. What's next? Which is the last day to contribute of March thir- March first, twenty twenty two, for the twenty twenty one tax year. The nice thing about getting them in prior to that date is that they're going to give you a tax deduction. Uh, the de- contributions directly reduce total income and therefore taxable income is reduced. So to give you an example, a single person that earns about 51000 would owe about $7,500 in taxes. If they contributed 3000 to an RRSP, that brings them down to a lower federal tax bracket and it reduces the amount owing to about 6,500 roughly. So they're essentially saving $1,000 in taxes. So at the end of the day, it costs them $2,000 to invest $3,000 in their RRSP. Yeah, that's a, that's a great deal. The other thing we see people doing as well is 
with their RSP contributions, thinking of things like child tax benefit or people who are um, receiving money. We have quite a few clients receiving uh, monthly payments for adoptions and things like that. And there's the income thresholds for that. And so all of that is really hard to plan for if you're giving your tax preparer your information, even like a few days before the deadline, because you got to they got to do the work. I think most tax people are busy at that time of year, if I'm not wrong. So it makes it really hard uh, to get good planning done. So that's that's great advice. So the last day someone can contribute to their RSP is March 1st. And you've gone over how that affects someone's tax return. So that's that's great. Um, what are other things people could do to lower their income tax uh, for tax time? So there's two common deductions to take advantage of um, and they're home and moving. For 2020, for the 2020 tax year, the hot topic was claiming deductions for home office expenses yes. as we all moved home, right? So if you're employed and working from home, you can still claim home office expenses that are related to your work. And if you're required to work from home for more than 50% of the time and for a period of at least four consecutive weeks. Okay. Now, if you're self-employed, you can still deduct business use of home if you meet the two criteria. One is the space in your home is your principal place of business. And if you use the space only to earn your business income and on a regular and ongoing basis to meet your clients, customers, or your patients. So your living room might mm -hmm. not count. <laughs> and um, another one is moving expenses. So if you moved 40 kilometers away or more, to run a business or to attend school full-time, you can claim a variety of expenses incurred during that move. Some ex examples are travel costs, storage, moving fees, cost to sell or purchase a home, and there, there's a few others that fall into that category. Okay. There's a few others I just want to highlight as well. There are medical expenses. If you have medical expenses, these can be claimed on your tax return for any 12-month period that ends in the tax year being filed. They should be claimed on the return of the spouse or partner with the lower income. And CRA, t CRA maintains a list of eligible expenses that can be claimed. Those can be found on the CRA website. All right. And in addition, if you have to travel to attend medical appointments because the services aren't available near your home, there are additional expenses that can be claimed. Depending on how far you're traveling to obtain these services, you may be eligible to claim reasonable expenses such as transportation, meals, and accommodation. Okay. Yeah. So would like a London, Ontario count? There's many people who drive up there. Or yeah. is that kind of up to, like how is that determined? Is there a certain amount of kilometers you have to drive? Yeah, it's 40 or 80. Okay. So after 40, you can claim uh, specific expenses. And then after 80, you can claim additional expenses. Okay. All right. Along with the different things we can do to lower our income, one thing many people will often do is do their taxes on their own. Many different platforms or ways to be able to do that now. As with anything, it's kind of like the idea of repairing your own car. Uh, you can do anything on your own if you really, really want to, but there may be some reasons why you might consider not doing uh, that on your own. So many people do their own taxes, but you're an accountant, but you also have the perspective of being somebody who's sat at the CRA proving tax returns or going through that kind of thing. So this is kind of a unique perspective to have is being kind of on both sides of the fence. 
What are some reasons you would give our listeners for considering using an actual professional to prepare their taxes? So some of the benefits of having them done by a professional is that your professional should have done their research to identify if there's any changes or credits or benefits available. So you're not missing anything. Um, The other thing is that a professional might have experience working with the CRA. Uh, So they might have gone through a CRA audit or, and be able to ask you those relevant questions to ensure that you're claiming what you're entitled to or avoiding things that might get you flagged for an audit. Right. So I can tell you that I often see clients that claim things that I know that I would have questioned back when I was an auditor at CRA. In these scenarios, I often ask my clients for further explanation to get a better understanding of their rationale for wanting to claim these expenses. Mm-hmm. And the answer I get often is because that's how their previous preparer did it, or that's how I've always done it. Okay. And that often leads to a deeper discussion with the client. Oftentimes we have a conversation about reasonability because a lot of expenses boil down to what's reasonable. Sure. And ultimately it leads to educating the clients about the topic of discussion, just to give them a bet, give them a better understanding of what's eligible, what's reasonable, and maybe what they might not want to claim just because they've done it in the past. It might not, might not be eligible. Yeah. And you don't, you want to save a few dollars of taxes and then be waving a flag over Mm -hmm. your return to have the CRA come through with a fine tooth comb for sure. Um, well, this has been this has been great. We've been able to go through some some of the basic things that that people are going to have to get ready. So again, just as a recap, RSP deadline March the first. Deadline for filing taxes again is April thirtieth. Perfect. Unless you're self-employed, then you have and an June extra June fifteenth. <laughs> okay. So Josie, thanks again for joining us today. I want to ask you one more thing. Um, Today you've given us some insights on on how we can help get ready for tax time, but I imagine we have some listeners out there who don't have a tax professional in their corner helping them. Um, If somebody's looking for a tax professional or an accountant to work with, um, how could they get a hold of you? They can reach us through email or through our website. It's uh, the website and the email are ljbizsolutions, S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S dot com. And they, or they can also find us on Instagram or LinkedIn. All right. So again, we've been talking with Josie Hope from LJ Business Solutions. She's a chartered professional accountant. Josie, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks again, Ben, for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Clear Money Mindset. We at Davies Financial Sterling Mutuals are here to help you thrive with your finances. You can find us online at daviesfinancial.ca. For help with your personal finances, you can email us at office at daviesfinancial.ca. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Sterling Mutuals Inc. Mutual funds provided through Sterling Mutuals Inc. Commissions, trailer commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the simplified prospectus before investing. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated.